This is the Growing Up Rock Podcast with your hosts, Stephen Michael and Sonny Hollywood Pooney. Now, crank it up. What's going on there, Hollywood? How are you doing on this fine Sunday morning? Uh, we don't usually record on Sunday, so I'm uh, I'm still waking up. I know it's noon where you are, but you know it's nine o'clock where I am. Yeah, I've been up since about seven o'clock. All's good. I've had my cups of coffee. I'm ready to rock and roll. What's new with you, man? What's been happening this weekend? Well, I got one request. Can you stop sending us pictures of you in the gym? Because it makes me not want to go. <laughs> Who's responsible? I say, who's responsible for this unwarranted attack on my person? <laughs> now, if you sent me some pictures of maybe women that are at the gym that look good, maybe I want to go. But pictures of you are not doing it for me. I can't send those. My wife will kill me. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're talking about our lovely text thread going back and forth. Yeah, I sent you something yesterday. I think uh, I was uh, laying down on the mat doing uh, sit-ups or something. But in my defense, I only shot from the shoulders up, so really not that bad. Oh, that's bad, too. I didn't give you the whole body shot. Come on. <laughs> I don't need the whole body. Nobody does. I'm not a freak. He's a freak. I'm a goddamn good-looking man. <laughs> my wife does. Uh, you might want to ask her that again. <laughs> that is completely unfair and unappreciative. <laughs> No, besides that, it's uh, 60 degrees here. How's the weather there? Oh, man, it's a beautiful day. As soon as we're done recording here, we're going to go uh, walk the park because it's really, really nice out. And uh, we've had a lot of rain here in the south uh, lately, and uh, it's been chilly, but it's uh, about 60, 65 today and not a cloud in the sky. That's cool. So... I called this emergency meeting of the of the minds because while I was in the gym yesterday, as I often do, I catch up on new album releases and I catch up on podcast interviews and things like that. And I'm listening to this Eddie Trunk interview. Well, he had three guests on at different times, so it's three different interviews. But the last interview was this 15 or 20-minute piece that he had with none other than the one and only D. Snyder. And D. 
is on this ridiculous, crazy campaign, which this is the first I've heard about. I'll be honest. Nothing's popped up in my feed. I didn't hear anything about this. Might have been maybe because right after the Super Bowl, we were on the Monsters of Rock. I don't know. But he's on this crazy campaign to get ACDC to play next year's Super Bowl halftime big show. And so this was new to me. And the fact that D and D is very, you know, D is straightforward. He's out there. He doesn't hold punches. He's crazy, but I like D. And the fact that he's doing this isn't really that interesting to me. However, the reason why he is doing this is more of a polarizing conversation. And some of the things that he said in this little interview made a lot of sense to me. And so we're going to talk about all of that coming up on this week's episode. But before we get into all that, you know what we got to do. It's time for the Crank It Up New Music Spotlight. All right. So this week's Crank It Up New Music Spotlight comes from a band out of Sweden called Confess. Big surprise, another band out of Sweden. They just released a new album called Burnham, and this is a tune called My Vicious Way. Good. See, I'm 
So I didn't know anything about this band. I go to listen to it on Spotify. Love the song. I didn't know it was a new album, so I need to check out the new album because I listened to a couple other songs that are pretty good. Then I go on the internet to go find out anything about them, and there's also an Iranian band, Heavy Metal, that is called Confess. So make sure you look up the right band. (laughs) (laughs) But they're on Street Symphonies Records. And I'll tell you that John Elliott, who's a lead vocalist, he's got a good voice. I like his voice. You know, I'll be honest with you. So my first thought was Sonny's not going to like this. And the reason I thought Sonny would not like this is because of John Elliott's voice. I didn't think it's something that really is in your wheelhouse. So the band members are John Elliott on vocals, Samuel, and we're on a lot of first name bases here, Samuel on drums, Ludwig on bass, Blauman on guitar, and Pontus on guitar. That's the band. And again, it's sort of one of these sleaze rock, hard rock, melodic rock bands out of Sweden, just straight ahead. They've got a few albums out. And the reason that they came to my attention is because there's a lot of love in a lot of the Facebook groups that I belong to for the band Confess. And so it prompted me to kind of look them up. They just had this new album, which actually their PR person sent me the album about a week and a half, two weeks ago. So I started listening to it then. And I like that tune a lot, but they're a band that's kind of, I don't know if they've figured out who they are yet. So when I listen to their albums, there's really hooky melodic stuff on there, but then there's just kind of really kick-ass, straight-ahead sleaze rock on there. And so it's, it's sort of up and down a little bit for me, if that makes any sense. Yeah, but I, you know, the two songs I listened to, they were more crazy licks than they were Faster Pussycat, so that's why I liked it. This is the same record label that had uh, Alchemy, that dyadic album that I loved so much last year. Yep. Same same record label. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I never, because there's so much stuff that flies at my head, especially as it relates to European bands, I never know anymore. I almost never know whether it's on a major label, on an independent label, or just something the band did themselves. I get stuff from artists that just say, you know, play my record, and it really doesn't have a label attached to it. Uh, So that's interesting that uh, they're on the same record label as uh, this uh, uh, record from last year that made your top 10. Yeah, they don't have a ton. It's an independent label. And uh, I think when I looked it up online, they only have like maybe 30 or 40 releases over the last eight or nine years. So they're kind of choosy about who they get. I don't know if this is where people start out. I don't know if it's they treat folks well. You know, an indie label they're going to help you as much as they can, but they're also not going to have all the red tape. Even the Frontiers now must have red tape. I mean, there's no way around it when you get bigger. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, I like that Alchemy album so much. I'm like, well, I, maybe I should check out some of these other albums they got on the label because maybe they're kind of going for a niche that I might like. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, so before we get into this week's discussion, so as part of my wife's birthday present, she bought herself a brand new bedroom set. She's been after me for probably the last three years to get a new bedroom set. And I'm a dude, so I really give two shits. <laughs> and you're cheap, so you can give two less shits. Okay, let me qualify this. Am I cheap or am I frugal? Because those are two different things. 
That's cheap. not true. Not true. Cheap. What's the difference? <laughs> there is no difference. There is a difference. Frugal just means that you're conscious with cash and you don't spend openly. You're not a free spirit, as they call it in financial communities. Cheap means that you literally will do something that you don't like just because it costs money. And that's not really me. I mean, I, I'll spend money. I spend money on a Monsters of Rock cruise. So it's two different things. Uh, and yes, I am frugal. But anyway, <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't make her do a garage sale to pay for the bedroom set. We do garage sales occasionally. Uh, don't think that we're not selling our old stuff, which, <laughs> which, <laughs> which brings me to the discussion. So, of course, we move out the old stuff into the garage because we've got to get rid of it. So we can either have uh, Salvation Army come pick it up or we can try and sell it on Facebook Marketplace. You know, one of those deals, right? We bought a really nice used bedroom set, but I'm telling you, this shit looks brand new. And it's and it's expensive stuff. It's Thomasville stuff, which isn't cheap. And it looks awesome. So she found a really great deal online. So we got that. She's super happy with it. And we got a new bedroom set. It's great. So the old stuff moves out into the garage and she puts it up. She has me take some pictures. She puts it up on Marketplace and we get somebody right away, you know, it says, hey, I'd like to purchase this stuff. Okay, great. Set up a time to, you know, come over and pick it up and take it away. My wife goes back and forth with this person. And at the end, the person goes, uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, um, listen, I'll, uh, I'll send a cashier's check and out of uh, the cashier's check, It'll pay for the furniture, and then you take the rest of it, and you pay the two moving guys that I'm going to send to pick up the furniture. Um, yeah, no thanks, Nigerian prince. Nice try. It just sounded on the up and up to me. I don't know what the problem is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And by sounding on the up and up to you being robbed at gunpoint at your door, yeah, it sounds on the up and up to me too. Yeah, no thanks. I don't know why people try shit like this anymore. I guess because there's still people out there that bite into it or whatever, but you're going to send a cashier's check. And let me just tell you that the selling price is not worth a cashier's check. It's literally like pocket money. I mean, it's, you know, uh, I think like 125 bucks or 150 bucks or something. You know, it's a, a che- uh, dresser and a chest, chest of drawers that's, you know, sort of banged up and not in great condition. So it's not worth a ton of money. So you're going to send a cashier's check for 150 bucks. Get the heck out of here. Come on. <laughs> you should have let it happen. I think it was on the up and up. <laughs> you missed out on money there, pal. Yeah. I'll- you could have bought $50. Uh, you could have bought 50 bottles worth of wine. Hey, what am I going to do about wine on next year's Monsters of Rock cruise? They're trying to put the kibosh on us bringing wine. I know what you said about me, Seinfeld. I know you badmouthed me to the execs at NBC. Put the kibosh on my deal. Now I'm going to put the kibosh on you. You know I've kiboshed before. Is that a done deal, though? I haven't seen anything in print from the actual cruise. Or maybe I missed it. I think, no, it's, I asked where that was at and I saw an actual Royal Caribbean slash Monsters of Rock post that said this was the deal. 
And for people that don't know what the hell we're talking about. So myself and Sonny, we've already re-upped for next year's Monsters of Rock Cruise in 2021. But Royal Caribbean, which is the cruise line that they do the Monsters of Rock on, along with Monsters of Rock, issued a statement that essentially said, hey, we're not going to allow you to bring two bottles of wine per stateroom on uh, next year. And this is pretty standard for all cruise lines. They allow you to bring two bottles of wine per stateroom on. And, and so it's no big deal. But they issued this, and I said, well, okay, we're alcohol sales, not, a, not enough for them, that they need to find a way to, to uh, make more money. My wife brought up a good point, which is she she thinks the alcohol sales are fine. It's everything else that suffers because on these rock and roll cruises, people don't take as many excursions. They don't go eat at the specialty dining rooms as much. They don't go to spa treatments. People don't do as much of that on a Monsters of Rock cruise, and she's 100% correct, right? Yeah, well, you don't have any time. Yeah. Like I would have loved to get massage or something. When are you supposed to do it in between like uh crazy licks and eclipse? Like I, <laughs> I don't understand when you're supposed to, you know, and I only got like four hours of sleep a night to begin with. So how are you supposed to fit something else in? Yeah, you can't. I mean, the whole reason for the monsters of rock cruise is you're there to rock, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> you're not there to sit in a specialty restaurant and eat a $30 steak. Uh, so I understand it from that perspective, but, uh, from the other perspective, they're not, I mean, seriously, you're really going to put the kibosh on people bringing a couple of bottles of wine on, come on. Just because I get Sonny to mule two bottles for me and I carry my own two bottles, that's no reason to try to kibosh me. Yeah, total is 12 bucks. I don't understand what the problem is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's enough of this. We got to get into this week's discussion. All right. So this week's uh, main discussion, we are talking about this campaign that D. Snyder has bought up uh, where he's literally doing a full-on campaign with press releases, with petitions. And the idea is that he's trying to get the NFL to take notice so that they can go after ACDC to play next year's Super Bowl halftime. So why ACDC? Well, uh, according to D. Snyder, uh, it gives them the best chance that you know rock and roll has to get a band that crosses over genres to play where everybody knows the band. And I don't disagree. I think you know you could probably throw maybe Metallica and Guns N' Roses in that mix, but I think by far probably ACDC outweighs both of those. So uh, he's definitely not wrong when it comes to that. Yeah, listening to this thing, I would say there's some things I agree with D, and then there's some things that are just stupid, and then there's some things that D's out there really trying to pimp his own name and could care less about what ends up actually happening. So that was just kind of my take on the whole thing. Yeah, so what do you think really is his bottom line on this? Because it is, I mean, he goes out of his way to basically push ACDC and really brings no attention to any of his projects other than his his name, which, I mean, you can't get around. He is who he is, right? But his end result 
is it so that he can boast if he's able to pull this off? Is it so he can boast that he bought rock and roll back to the masses? Is it to get people to go visit his website? Because you can go to dsnyder.com to get all the links to signing the petition to have ACDC play next year's Super Bowl. The idea is they're trying to, they're getting a thousand signatures a day and they're bumping it up to 2,000 signatures a day and they're trying to get to 250,000 signatures because D feels like the NFL isn't going to pay any attention at all unless they get at least 250,000 signatures. You know, you get 100,000 signatures, the NFL could care less about it. So he's targeting advertising and all this. What do you think the end game is for D seriously? Well, D's not a stupid guy. There's been zero data that shows he's a stupid guy. Uh, he understands publicity. I think it's a win-win all the way around. If it doesn't work, I was out there pimping rock and roll, and I should be the guy that everybody allows Grohl to be. I should be the spokesman for rock and roll, not Dave Grohl. Look what I tried to do, right? If he wins, we will never, ever hear the end of it. Although on his video, when you go to his website and watch the video, the last words he say, says is, if ACDC plays a Super Bowl, I'll shut up forever. I would have ACDC play the Super Bowl just to do that, if that's possible. <laughs> right? What does that mean, I'll shut up forever? <laughs> I don't know, right? But there's no way he's shutting up forever. So it's a win-win for him all the way around. I think it's very weird to pick a non-active band. I think it's very weird to speak for a band because you had uh, dinner with a singer that hasn't sang with them on stage in how long now, right? And the singer said we were in a studio, and the singer said we're going to go out there and tour. The guy who makes the decisions hasn't said anything. So pimping a band that's not technically active is a little scary. But the end game... I don't think he loses. I mean, I disagree uh, slightly with you in that I, I don't think ACDC is not active. And, and here's what I mean by that personally is that ACDC's never said that's it. ACDC's never said that's our last tour. To me, as far as I'm concerned, based on ACDC's history, they're always so quiet. They never really say much or do much. There's no drama with this band for the most part. But... To me, they're just in the middle of a cycle, which is they finished the tour. Now they're taking time off. They're recuperating from, you know, Malcolm passing away and I think their sister passed away as well in the course of this time frame. They're writing new material. So I assume they'll record. They'll put out a new album. They'll tour again, you know, because they've never said anything other. So I don't think they're not active. I just think they're in the middle of that that cycle that they're always in, you know? Yeah, but he's pimping them as the original or the classic lineup. That classic lineup has not been active. No, and you're 100% correct about that. Cliff Williams said he was retiring. I've never heard that he said he's not retiring now. So Cliff Williams supposedly was retiring after the last tour. Phil Rudd's in jail, right? Did he ever? He uh, got put away, right? Yeah, I don't think he's out yet. I don't know, though. Yeah, so, I mean, he hasn't played with them since all his legal troubles. So, to me, Cliff and Phil are part of what I would consider a classic lineup. 
guarding that band and it's never going to be a complete classic lineup because now Malcolm is gone. You know, you got another young in there and, but whatever. And Brian hasn't been on stage now, what, two and a half years, three years. Yeah, at least, at least. I don't know when his last show with them was. So now one thing for D that I got to give him credit on because you rewind D 10 years ago and he would have done this exact thing. He is purposely keeping Twisted Sister out of this mix and purposely keeping like song titles out of the mix. Because 10 years ago, I can hear D. Snyder said, come on, I want to rock. We're not going to take this anymore. We need to get ACDC, like always pimping the song title in the conversation. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. And he's like almost purposely, almost uncomfortably not doing it, which is a little weird. Because that's not what I'm used to. Yeah, for the most part, you're right. I think he mentioned uh, in that little 15 minutes with Eddie Trunk, I think he mentioned, I want to rock. And I think that, well, Eddie came out and asked him about Twisted Sister Reunion. And Dee was up front and said, you know, no, not not in the plans. Don't really need to do it. And he was very honest about it. And so that's my point is like, what's his end game? Because he really was focused on the campaign itself in this entire time with Trunk. So I didn't see the online video that you saw. I only listened to the interview. Yeah. The online video is more about Here's why I'm doing it. I'm being misquoted in the press. People think I hate other genres of music, but you don't understand the boomers and the Gen Xers all grew up being hard rock fans, which is a bunch of crap because they were fans of other things too, including me. But he's, I just, this whole idea of even if ACDC turns it down, it's a win. That's bullshit. That's not a win. Like, I would not be pimping a band without the band saying, you know what, if we got it, we would actually do it. We have no clue that after all this, Angus says, I'm not doing that. I'm not getting paid, so I'm not doing that. Yeah, I think probably what he was referring to when he said that it's a win, even if they're asked, is at least in his mind, is that, hey, the band was asked, at least NFL acknowledged rock and roll and made an offer to rock and roll to be part of it, which currently it's not happening, right? Currently rock and roll is basically being shunned in terms of the Super Bowl and the NFL. You heard him say the last uh, rock and roll was the who 10 years ago with regards to the NFL, right? Yeah, but we don't really know if the NFL's not asking. Like, there's all kinds of rumors. Adele herself has said, they asked me, but it's not really my thing. I don't dance, and I don't want, you know, 80 performers up there with me, blah, blah, blah. But then the NFL said, we never asked Adele. So I don't know if the NFL's asking and they're getting turned down, but I'm telling you, like, Kiss is not playing unless they get paid. Yeah. GNR is probably not going to play unless they get paid. You know... I don't know about that, though. Seriously, just from the sheer scale of the audience that that event puts you in front of, are you really you seriously thinking that there are bands that wouldn't like to have that? Or do you think a band like Kiss 
Because, I mean, listen, Gene Simmons is a smart promotion guy, right? So do you think that a band like KISS and GNR and ACDC have so much money that money is not an object to them so they could give two shits and don't feel any need to pimp their band in front of a ridiculous amount of people? I think there's ego involved. So I'll give you an idea. So the Super Bowl says, look, we will pay for your expenses and we will pay for the production of the show. We do not pay artists money. And the thought process from the NFL is, is that it costs $5 million to do a 30-second commercial during the Super Bowl. So they look at it as, since you're getting between 12 to 15 minutes of a halftime show, you're going to get about $24 million to $30 million worth of exposure if you look at kind of like the commercial rates. And supposedly for Maroon 5, it was a 500% surge in record sales. What does that mean? What's a 500% surge in record sales nowadays for a kiss? You sell 20 instead of uh, 10. I can tell you America's Got Talent probably paid kiss to be there, but the Super Bowl wants to kiss to do it for free. There's no way. Well, so exactly that, though. I don't think the NFL is wrong in that. I think the NFL... The way that they look at it, hey, we're paying your bills to come to it. We're paying for all your production. All you're doing is performing for 20 minutes on a stage. And in return, you're going to be seen by some astronomical number of people. And I think that that has to equate to, let's take record sales out of it. It has to equate to some sort of a merch surge, whether it's concert tickets, whether it's concert T-shirts, whether it's, you know, a kiss casket. I, I don't know, but it has to equate to that. You're not seen by that many people. It doesn't become a real number. So I think that it's fair for the NFL to not pay the artist for that 24, 25 minutes of performance that doesn't i agree with that I, I don't think that's a big deal i agree with it somewhat so let's just ask the question had you or anybody you know bought anything shakira or j-lo after the performance was done no but in my defense i'm not a shakira or j-lo fan i wasn't before i wasn't afterwards so uh you know i, I wouldn't necessarily go out and purchase something i am and i don't know anybody that purchased anything yeah and i got three girls and they're all teenagers hey point taken i i mean i get it i don't necessarily know that the majority of the world is that way though oh, we'll see and that's where and plus in rock this part d's absolutely right about it has to be an acdc that crosses over gnr fits that bill metallica you're kind of getting on the outskirts of whether they fit that bill or not kiss only fits the bill because of the look you could argue Def leopard maybe you could argue maybe sammy but there isn't many more that could do it to where people just don't turn the show off and then even in the past where you know when coldplay came out it's closer it got to Coldplay coming, the Super Bowl's coming, Super Bowl, they started adding people because they're like, oh my God, I don't, people are going to turn off during Coldplay if we don't get like people involved. And then all of a sudden, here comes Bruno again. Here comes, who was it that time? Was it Beyonce? I think Beyonce joined. 
Like they're, so they start adding people when they start freaking out that people are going to turn off the halftime show. I just cannot imagine. Although I love ACDC, and I do agree they play a ton of ACDC songs in, what, 30-second clips, basically, all over the country. Yes, all over the world. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Understand. Welcome to the Jungle is being played 20,000 times at this moment, right now as we're recording. That doesn't mean anybody wants to see 12 to 15 minutes of GNR on the Super Bowl halftime show.
Well, listen, I want to talk more about this because there is something that Dee said in that interview that really, really resonated with me and really made me take notice that made sense to me. And I want to talk about that. But first, let's take a few minute break. Everyone's got a rock and roll story to tell, and we want to hear yours. So go to our website at growinguprock.com. That's one word, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K.com. Or visit us on our Facebook page at Growing Up Rock and tell us all about it. So let's take a few minutes to talk about how people can help the podcast that basically cost them no money, cost them a few minutes of time. We could really, really use the help with people going to Apple Podcast and leaving us a great review. Leave us a great review. What does it do for the podcast? Well, the more great reviews we get on Apple Podcast, it somehow in their algorithms pushes our podcast up front and says, if you like these podcasts, listen to this podcast. And that helps us overall because the more listeners we get, obviously, the better guests we get. And that's the whole point is reaching as many people as possible. So that's how people can help us out. If you've left us a review recently, we thank you. We appreciate each and every one of the folks listening and sharing our podcast and come to the Loud Minority Facebook page, join that Facebook page, discuss the show, discuss new music you're listening to that you love. I mean, Sonny and I, we we just, we really appreciate everybody's support. And uh, that's the easiest way that you can help the podcast is go to Apple Podcast, leave us a five-star review and tell people why you dig us. Or, you know, if you'd happen to not dig us, then I guess you can leave that review as well. What do you think there, Sonny? You know, I think that's a major way you can help. The other way is just word of mouth. So I will tell you, anybody tells me that they listen to podcasts, I'll ask, you know, what kind of podcast you listen to? Oh, I listen to, you know, crime stories and I listen to so-and-so. And if they ever say like comedian, the first thing I say is, do you listen to the Pete and Sebastian show? What's that? Pete Corielli and Sebastian Maniscalco have this great podcast called the Pete and Sebastian show comes out every week and they're hilarious. Right. And I would say one out of every, maybe three or four people I've told tried the podcast and absolutely loved it. So word of mouth works. And I will tell you, and I, I know I'm speaking for Steven here, but when somebody comes up to us at a monsters of rock show or some concert we're at, or, or even reaches out to us, you know, via messenger or Facebook or however you want to reach out to us and tells us that we turned you on to a new band or somebody told you about our podcast and you checked us out and you really liked it, it really makes us feel good. It makes us want to continue to do it. So word of mouth definitely works. Yeah, because I've said it many times before, and I'll say it again. Really, the only purpose of the Grown Up Rock podcast is because Sonny and I are both music fans. We're hard rock and metal music lovers. And we want to do everything we can to promote bands, both old and new, because there's a whole new generation of people coming up that don't have the great rock mags like we used to. They don't have the hit paraders or the crangs. And if they do, they don't have great shit in there anymore. They're covering bands that 
not necessarily down our alleyway, but we look at it as kind of an audio magazine to hard rock and metal from the 80s, but then we're also sharing all this new shit that we think is right up that alley, you know? I mean, you heard us play a Confess song earlier today, this band out of Sweden. We love them, so we hope to turn some people on to them as well. So yeah, that's what it's all about for us. Yeah, I was at a party last night, and all the music was stuck at 1993. I heard Hootie and the Blowfish 89 times last night, and I was like, I'm trying to get my friend to get Spotify, or I'm like, man, there's bands in like Sweden and Finland that are killing it right now, and and I think his answer to me was, we're Sweden. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Jeez. Oh, Lord. I think people sometimes think, too, when you tell them about a Swedish band or a, a German band or a Finnish band, they think maybe that the bands are singing in their native language and you can't understand anything. <laughs> yeah. And I would tell you they speak better English than some of us do. So <laughs> that's a parrot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get back into this conversation. All right. So one of the things that D Snyder said in this conversation with Eddie Trunk regarding getting ACDC to play next year's Super Bowl halftime that made 100% sense to me was he made the statement that rock's not dead, rock and roll sort of needs a kick in the ass. And he made reference to the television moment when the Beatles played the Ed Sullivan show. And if you've listened to our show or any other show for that matter, or read any magazines, So many of the bands and artists that you and I grew up on or that we love, they pinpoint that particular performance by the Beatles on Ed Sullivan as being a catalyst for them to pick up a guitar or start a band, right? You and I both know people that that has been a big deciding factor in them. So D's point is, hey... I think that ACDC playing the Super Bowl halftime show on TV for billions of people, however many their viewer base is, which is something ridiculous, can be that moment for rock and roll. And that really struck a chord with me. I was like, you know, that kind of makes sense. What if that moment, ACDC doing what they do so damn well on TV for all those viewers inspires some 10-year-old kid to want to pick up a guitar and play guitar and learn Hell's Bells or learn Highway to Hell or you know what I'm saying? Doesn't that make sense to you? Uh, Not as much as it's making to you. When Ed Sullivan happened, there was no other media. Like the 2% of people that had a TV to begin with were glued to that thing because there was like five channels, maybe. Today, one medium doing something is not going to create that anymore. There's way too many mediums to that people pay attention to. Hell, even when J-Lo and Shakira were on stage, both of my girls had their head in their iPad just listening in the background. Yeah, no, that's 
you know what? That is completely valid. That's absolutely valid. And I agree with you 100%. I did not think about that or look at it from that perspective. What he was saying made a lot of sense to me at the time. And you're 100% right. I still think it can influence some people. I still think it's good for rock and roll. But you're right. It's definitely a different time period and timing is everything. And certainly I didn't necessarily think that it would have the exact same impact as something like the Beatles on Ed, Ed Sullivan did. But I do think it can be good and, and would have an impact of some sort. And I do agree there would be an impact, right? But the other thing with Ed Sullivan is, so I was negative five when Ed Sullivan happened. So it didn't happen to me, but I can assume that if I was 10, 13, 14 years old, like some of these folks that we talked to, that that was their moment. You're looking at these young guys on TV, good-looking guys, girls screaming, and you got every guy want to be them. People are going to look at Brian Johnson and want to be him. I, I'm not taking anything away from Brian Johnson. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but the guy is 110, right? That, that's not... <laughs> who my son is going to look to and go, oh, I want to be that guy. Look, I hear the girls screaming. So really, if you want that shot, I guess you got to go back to Maroon 5, right? It's got to be somebody that this teenage generation is looking to going, okay, that's cool. I want to do that. Now, whether they'll be able to make an impact on the medium that they have or you know how sometimes you watch some of these movies, I think Die Hard was one of them where the guy took over all of the media and, you know, you're only, no matter what you're looking at, you only see one thing, you know, that's the movies. But anyway, but it would still have to be a person that somehow this generation respects enough to go, I want to be that guy. And I don't know if that guy's Angus Young. Yeah, but I think maybe a younger person might not look at it that way. I mean, your son is a, you know, he's a, he's essentially an adult, right? We're not talking about a nine, 10 year old kid. That's very impressionable. Uh, we're talking about a much younger generation. Uh, when we talk about stuff like that, I mean, you and I, we know rock's not dead. Any of our friends that we hang out with know rock's not dead. So what do we do? to get rock and roll back to some sort of at least in the same arena with what is considered popular music today. Yeah, that's tough because we don't really know if they were ever in that same arena, right? I think we could argue that mid-80s got about the closest, but except for the mid-80s, we were never in the arena with the Michael Jacksons and the princes and the Phil Collins and those guys were killing it. Right. And it's, it was a hard to keep up with them. I don't know if we'll ever have that time again. I think that we were in the arena. That's why I say arena. You're absolutely right. Were we ever on the same level as the Michael Jacksons, maybe once in a blue moon with like back in black or hysteria or something like that. But I, I think that we were, at least when you looked at the top of the charts, there were scatterings of rock and roll throughout the charts. Yes, there were all the Phil Collins and the Culture Clubs and the Duran Durans and all these bands that populated the charts, but there was still rock and roll represented as well. Now, it's literally like popular music is nothing but, you know, this either R&B or country or, 
you know, what they consider rock and roll, the Maroon Fives and the Coldplays and Radioheads and stuff like that. Yeah, but even for those guys, a song comes and it disappears almost immediately. It doesn't resonate anyway. It resonates for a minute. So that, that part's tough. I'm still counting on the guys making all these movies and TV shows. They're all got to be our age. And some of them use that popular rock music that was big in the 80s, but a lot of them don't. And that just, it's like, man, you could have this music last another whole couple of generations if these guys who were making these movies would use some of the music. So that was one thing I was thinking about. The second piece is, yes, you could sell that ACDC crosses over genres. You could also sell that Bon Jovi crosses even more genres. Like if you ask 200 people on the street, what do you know about ACDC and what do you know about Bon Jovi? Like who wins? I don't know. Yeah, I would think probably the wider appeal is going to go to Bon Jovi just because they do cross over so much. But to your point, so you made the comment that those people that grew up in the 80s with the rock and roll are all the people that are making decisions right now. That's one of the things that D. Snyder pointed out in the interview is that the Gen Xers and the baby boomers, not the millennials, are the ones that are making the decisions right now. So why aren't, you know, Roger Goodell is our age Why isn't he bringing rock and roll? Why, you know, why isn't all this stuff being used? Why aren't they picking rock bands? Why aren't they playing rock music? You know, that's a completely valid point. Yeah, and my rebuttal to that is you already got them. You already have the Gen Xers and Boomers watching the Super Bowl. We grew up with it. It's my kids that I have to almost bribe to come watch with me. Yeah. Okay. So you're saying you're saying from a uh, marketing perspective and an advertising perspective, they're targeting the millennials because they already have the Gen Xers and the baby boomers. But D. Snyder again, he brought up a point, which is, yeah, well, one of the advertisers used "I Want to Rock" in one of their advertising ads because they knew who their audience was. And he's right about that. So the person buying the electric Hummer is me. So you already got me, and now you're marketing to me something I can afford. My kids can't afford that, don't care about what a Hummer is because that doesn't even interest them anyway. So it wasn't going to work. It wouldn't have mattered what music they played with it. But the halftime show or getting people to watch the Super Bowl 20 years from now, I think what Goodell's looking at is these boomers are going to die off, and my next generation that's supposed to replace them isn't going to watch the Super Bowl unless I get them interested now. So he doesn't care about anybody buying anything. He just wants them to watch the Super Bowl. He cares about people watching the Super Bowl, buying NFL product, anybody else doing commercials during the Super Bowl. I can tell you he gives two shits because he already charged them $5 million for every 30 seconds. He already made his money. He don't care how many electric hummers they sell. This shit is hurting my brain. (laughs) <laughs> Why can't they just accept my my music? I think the best shot we got is a person like Slash that ends up up there with somebody that's doing, you know, I think he was with Lenny Kravitz, right? When Lenny Kravitz played or something like that? Yeah, I think that's right. That's your only shot is that you'll get a Axl Rose on stage with somebody or 
Post Malone is doing a show and Ozzy shows up to do half a song with him, I got a feeling that's going to be your only shot. Yeah, and understand that this whole conversation, we're not really talking about the NFL and Super Bowl. I know we're talking about it, but that's not the point of this conversation. I think the overall point of this conversation is how do we get rock and roll to more of a forefront, you know, because right now people with their rock is dead bullshit. It's really because rock has become an alternative form of music to most people. It's not talked about in any sort of popular discussions. And some people go, well, you know, that's fine with them. Rock and roll uh, should be uh, a rebellious thing and we don't want to be popular. But the problem is, is that if we want our bands to grow and our bands to be successful that we love and the genre to grow, then we need it to come to some sort of a, at least in the arena, doesn't need to be at the top of the charts, whatever that means now anyway, top of the download charts or the streaming charts, but it needs to be in the same area as uh, discussions with the Beyonce's and the country artist and the InSync's and what, you know, whatever. InSync's defunct, but whatever, Jonas Brothers. So that's my point is we need to not just completely be shunned to the current generation of people, but also the generation coming behind that. Yeah, and I think there. It's grassroots. I personally do it by exposing my kids to the music I listen to while we're in the car, while we're driving around, it's playing in the house and some stuff they picked up on and loved it. And some stuff they didn't so much love it. Unfortunately, most of the kids, especially the girls, they didn't like really the guitar oriented stuff. They liked more of the eighties, Duran Duran, that kind of stuff. Cause it was funner to sing along and listen to right Yep. where my son gravitated more around probably the guitar, but still I was pimping it the entire time. And nowadays, you know, I think that's all we have to literally count on. Cause if you think about it, he is somewhat right about the millennials. Now, I don't know if everything he said about millennials were correct, but they are getting married less. They are having kids less. They are driving less. They are at home longer. There's this piece about there's not this independence that used to be seemed like it was really important in our generation to be super independent, go out there, have your own thoughts, blah, blah, blah. That seems to be true with the environment and some of those things, but it doesn't seem to be true in like day-to-day -day life. Yeah. I, I mean, I think pimping to your kids is great. I know I've met a lot of parents along the way, especially on the Monsters of Rock cruise that are exactly the same way. You can't force your kids or a person in general to like what they like. They're going to like what they like. But if you put it in front of them and allow them to make a choice, at least there's that. Right now, to me, society doesn't give us that option right now society only puts this processed uh, sorry crap music in front of the next generation and basically gives them no choice here's what it is like it or don't you know so that's the problem with me is that it's not a fair uh one-to-one -one equation if you go to 
you know, function. I work all kinds of functions at different arenas. So I see all kinds of stuff, whether it's a, a truck rally or whether it's a um, school, like uh, all the schools from the county come and have their annual meeting at this arena and it's big. The get hype music or the background music or whatever's being played is processed crap music to me. And I'm not going to name artists, but you guys know what I'm talking about. It, they're not playing Metallica, ACDC, and Van Halen, right? They're not even playing Def Leppard or Bon Jovi. They're playing this crap. And so to me, that's part of the problem. At least you're pimping everything and let them choose. And they're getting a good dose of rock and roll in that choice, right? Yeah, it's all crap is a little bit old man get off my lawn it's not all crap i enjoy some of the new stuff and i think that's part of pimping your music is you have to meet your kids somewhat halfway like if they're they're listening to something that sounds interesting to you you have got to play the negotiation game that that's interesting now try this too because you might like this because you like that but I think if you go to your kids saying what you're listening to is crap and you need to listen to what I used to listen to, then you're basically your dad. Yeah. And that's, that's not helping. No. Let me put this up front. Of course, I'm using some of that, and, and I, don't, I don't necessarily feel that. I'm, I'm just saying that to sort of make a point. Obviously, I listen to all kinds of music as well, so it's just not that. But I really am scared that less and less people are learning to play musical instruments and instead learning to push a file button on a computer uh, and it just to me it's not that it's not creative it's not that you can't be creative but I really would rather support somebody that plays their own instruments writes their own music that to me is just a better thing what in, in whatever genre that may be yeah and I'm with you there and I just thought of something else too so let me get your thoughts on this do you like the show Modern Family? I've never watched it. Oh, my God. Okay. Do you like Seinfeld? Yeah. Okay. You like Friends? Of course. Okay. So Modern Family is really kind of the new Seinfeld. It was a show that started 10, 12 years ago, really took off. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a great show. I mean, they, they're coming to their end run. The reason I bring it up is we almost, for our music to be out there, almost have to get lucky that there's a TV show that connects to this generation as Seinfeld and friends did for us that happens to have, you know, the actor or the character that this generation really loves that's into the rock music or he's in a rock band or his job was something that connected to rock. And I think that would bring some of the people along that you almost need to get lucky with that. If that makes sense. No, it completely makes sense. Modern Family, is it a good, obviously you like it, it's a good show, it's a 30-minute uh, sitcom or what? Yeah, 30-minute sitcom, but if, uh, you know, for those folks who watch Modern Family, which is basically everybody in the country but you, if, <laughs> like, if, you love, if you love Phil, let's say, or if you love Claire, and those are two of the main characters on the show, if either one of them was either this ultra music nut or was really super into rock, that could only help. That would not hurt. 
Yeah, well, that sounds like a poll, smartass. So, you know, we always talk about our polls. Put it out there. Do you watch <laughs> Modern Family or not? Not have you ever watched it, but do you watch it or do you not watch Modern Family? And let's just see if everybody in the country but me, smartass, watches that show. <laughs> yeah, I think you're going to find out. You know what? Why don't you just email us or hit us on Messenger and let us know if you watch Modern Family. Cause, uh, and please say that Stephen is stupid for not watching Modern Family. I watch a lot Good of Lord. shit on Netflix. I'll catch up with it eventually. Shit, I didn't get around to watching uh Breaking Bad, I didn't get around to watching that till last year, uh, and I caught yeah. up, loved it, loved it. So you're about 10 years behind. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah, whatever. At least I watch it without commercials. Hashtag winning. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying? Like if Iron Man, now the cartoon was not written this way initially, right? But if yeah. Iron Man, his alter ego was Rockstar, then when Marvel took off with Iron Man, Rock would have went along with it. Yeah, 100%. I get it, which it's funny you bring up Iron Man, right? ACDC soundtrack. That's right. There you go. All right. Well, this has been a fun and interesting discussion, and I don't have an answer. I like some of the stuff D's doing. I believe that it would be good overall for rock and roll for something like that to happen. Uh, I also think that you're 100% correct in saying it's not as game-changing as the Beatles on Ed, Ed Sullivan. That makes pure sense to me as well i just know that there is a whole generation of people that are coming up that are young that it's up to the parents from the 80s to you know hopefully at least share some of their love of rock and roll and hopefully it takes with this next generation but we could really really use the help in the public eye and whether that is a Super Bowl performance or like you said some character on a popular sitcom that digs and listens to Cheap Trek and Van Halen then so be it but I think that that's uh, really really important at this point in time yeah I agree with you our music needs some help to stay alive there's no doubt about that not just for now I mean 20 years from now and there's music that these great rock artists did that should transcend all of time because it was incredible music. And if I got to listen to Karma Chameleon the rest of my life, then uh, I should be listening to Hey Joe the rest of my life too. You know what I mean? So my final things on this D thing, and just kind of go with me here. D, thank you for letting me know 10 years is a decade. Um, maybe... <laughs> Maybe you don't pimp a band just because you had dinner with the singer that has not been on stage with them for over two and a half years and ask the guy that really matters. If you asked a hundred people who D Snyder was, six would maybe know who they are. Uh, JLo doesn't play stadiums. Uh, I would disagree with that. NFL needs to be fair to all music genres. NFL don't owe you crap. NFL's a business. They don't got to be fair with shit. And if you will really shut up forever, if ACDC plays, I need to have a signed contract that's a little bit better than Cruz's contract on you will actually do that, and then I will sign the petition. So there you go. <laughs> Hollywood's final thoughts and feelings on <laughs> D. Snyder. Yeah, well, I go. want it. I was working out a deal to have D come on the show, but now that's out the window. Thanks a lot there, Hollywood. <laughs> A-hole. As you see fit. <laughs> <laughs> Well, 
I think any conversation that's had centered around rock and roll getting more publicly known is a good conversation. What his final motives are or his overall end game, I don't know. Who knows? Like I said, the guy's not dumb. He's a smart guy, and I like to listen to him sometimes. Sometimes, just like everybody else, he's a little bit too opinionated and full of his own self. But overall, I think it's, uh, it's fun. And it was a fun conversation. I don't think I have to add anything else on this subject. Are you good? Is it time for us to get the hell on out of here? I think it's time to get out of here. Thanks for listening. Catch you later. See ya. Get ready to shuffle, rattle, and roll. Play us out, boys.
Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.